Hvad nu, hvis du kunne hænge ud med seriøst talentfulde copywriter og andre eksperter, spørge om deres succeser og fjerskoer, deres processer og vaner, for så at stjæle en idé eller to, som kan inspirere dit eget arbejde? Det er, hvad Robert Kira gør hver eneste uge på The Copywriter Club podcast. Yes, this is still The Copywriter Club podcast. You're invited to join them for episode 190 as former journalist and now the world's strongest copywriter, Per Andreasen, lovingly grills them on this and that. Our Danish audience is going to go through the roof with this episode. <laughs> so for this episode of the podcast, we've invited our friend and uh, someone who has participated in the Copywriter Accelerator, the Copywriter Think Tank, has been to all three TCC IRLs, and is the only copywriter that we know in Denmark, I think, to interview us for the podcast. And that is Per Andresen, the strongest copywriter in the world. Yeah, 190. That's pretty crazy. It's amazing. So the last time I saw you two guys was at your amazing real life event in San Diego. And uh, you've already gone through all your takeaways uh, before. So I want to talk about the crisis that made everything about the, uh, the event feel even more special than your previous events. Especially, Rob, your talk was about how to thrive in a crisis. Can you repeat some of that advice and how that has stayed true? I, yeah, I can definitely repeat a lot of the advice. It was kind of, uh, I guess it was a timely talk. I wasn't assuming that it was going to be quite as timely as it was uh, as I was preparing it. I kind of thought, you know, we might be due for a recession in the next year or two, maybe in six months, but wasn't thinking that it was going to come together the way that it quite did. And so I just gave uh, some tips for, you know, how to deal with, working in a recession and you can get all of those tips, you know, in the videos from the event that we have made available. But I guess, you know, one or two of the main takeaways, and we've talked about them in a couple of places, you know, having an anchor client, uh, you know, this isn't necessarily an ideal client or a client that you love, but a client who is going to consistently pay you money so that you don't have to worry about, you know, the mortgage or keeping the lights on or feeding your family because, when you are dealing with that kind of stress, it changes the way that you're able to approach your work and new clients. And uh, you start operating from a place of fear rather than you know, from your expertise and from your ability to, to create value for your clients. And so, you know, I just, that was one of the recommendations that I made. Uh, we talked a little bit about investing wisely. Uh, it seems a little counterintuitive sometimes when money gets tight to say that you should be investing. And we certainly wouldn't recommend that people take on debt to invest in, you know, a coach or a program of some kind, but that if you need a skill or you need to think about your business differently, that it can be a really smart investment to hire somebody to help you with that or to find, you know, the right course, the right group of people, the right mastermind to hang out with and, really help up, up level your your business. So those are maybe two of the biggest takeaways uh, without all of the fun stories that I added to make the presentation interesting. Cool. So you did say that the Nasdaq shut up right after you came off stage, but how have your points aged within your own business? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, the Nasdaq had crashed and then it had a really good day right after I spoke. So uh, I want to take credit for that. Um <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know how, that our business has changed significantly. Uh, you know, uh, as far as the Copywriter Club goes, uh, we have 
been able to, you know, find people to join the accelerator. You know, people are still interested in and joining the underground. Uh, we have a good group of people who joined our think tank. Uh, all of that has happened since uh, everything kind of went south right after the event. And so uh, I, th I think it's just an indication that business still goes on. There are still needs in the market that need to be met. And uh, if you have the right programs, if you, you know, have uh, connected with people in the right way, it's still possible to sell things even when uh, everything else looks like it might be going crazy. What do you think, Kira? Yeah, I would just add that, you know, in our business, we're lucky to have this online business that we can continue to run. And we weren't sure how it would go. I definitely had some moments early on after the event where I was just like, how, I don't even know if we're going to be able to continue running. I really, I felt that way. Um, but once we jumped in and just continued to try and to try to fill our programs, I mean, the the crazy part about all this happening for us is that our event kind of marks almost like the beginning of our year. And that's when we launch our programs. And I guess I didn't realize that we launch most of our programs right after our event. And so in some ways, it just the timing wasn't great to launch at least three of our new programs. Um, but like Rob said, we were able to fill all of the programs and continue to run all the programs. Um, that surprised me, but I think the people we've attracted into the accelerator program, into our think tank mastermind, and even into our newer roundtable mastermind, um, they're all just very serious about getting results, um, very intense in a way because they're not messing around and any investment they make needs to have an ROI. And I, I can feel that intensity. So I think for me, I, I feel the weight of that sometimes, not like we weren't delivering prior to COVID, but I do feel the weight of, we really need to help every person who invests in our programs get results because this is such a critical time where their business could make it or not. And so that's the big change really for me is around the delivery of the programs and that we're providing more support. We're adding to what we've already created in the past because the people, in the copywriters in the programs really need more and they're overwhelmed and they need more support with implementation. They don't really need to sit through more courses or trainings right now. They need help taking action and figuring out what to prioritize because most of us have half the time we had a couple months ago. And so we need to know what do I need to do with half the time to, to keep my business running and to grow my business. Cool. So I don't know if you've gone into this in a previous episode, but you launched uh, the roundtable membership very discreetly at the event. Can you go into a little bit of detail about what's going on there? <laughs> really, really discreetly. Nobody's heard of it. This is probably the first time we're actually mentioning it on the podcast. I don't think we've actually mentioned it before. Is it a secret society? It's a. It kind of is. Even I almost didn't want to even mention it because it is like a secret society, and it's something. It's a mastermind that um, we created. That is basically the catalyst was from members who had participated in the Think Tank Mastermind, which Perry, you're a member of, and they had ex experienced it for a couple of years and grown dramatically in their business. And um, they were kind enough to give us some feedback as far as like they wanted to continue working with us. They wanted to continue in the mastermind, but the conversations 
they needed at that point in their business as, as they've grown and they're hitting multiple six figures, the conversation and the support they need is very different from the type of support that's in the think tank where copywriters are making you know anywhere from 5K a month to 10K a month um, and growing from there. So there's once we realize there's two conversations and these two very different levels in business, um, if we want to support and continue to work with these kind of top copywriters who are have grown so much over the years, then we need to create a new, new path for them and a new mastermind where we can cover the, the type of topics that they need to hear about. And so we weren't sure if we were going to do it, but... Um, we jumped in as we, we tend to do and got enough feedback from the people who were interested in it to put together this new mastermind group where it is for copywriters who are making 200K or more and are, are having a very different conversation and want to be in a smaller, intimate setting with 10 copywriters, with us and 10 copywriters where we can really partner more. Um, so it it kind of came together very nicely and quietly, and it's not something we would even promote because it is something that we want to make sure we know people who are entering and we trust them and and um, we've seen what they're all about too before they join this group. It seems like your your ecosystem of helping copywriters make it on their own uh, is sort of complete now. Uh, sp you're sparking new friendships across the <laughs> disc. You're even having some diehard fans get your logo tattooed. Um, how far is that from what you had ex anticipated when you started out? When we started out, and I, I know we've talked about this in a few places, but when we started out, we didn't have a huge master plan of what we wanted to build. We knew that we wanted to do something. We knew we wanted to create a business together, but we didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. We knew that it wasn't just a passion project and that there was going to be at the end of this, you know, a business. But again, we didn't really have a plan. We just launched the podcast because we knew we wanted to do that. And we knew that we could have some interesting conversations with a lot of copywriters and other experts, as we've said almost 200 times now. And we would just go from there. And when we launched the Facebook group, along with the podcast, we started to see these conversations and people would talk about the same kinds of things, asking for advice about the same kinds of problems over and over. And as we heard that, as we saw those conversations happening and we participated in that, we realized that we could start to offer help and coaching and uh, you know templates, ideas, strategies that people could use to start to grow their business. So we launched the accelerator. And as we have uh, done that several times, you know, new needs would arise. We would realize that there are opportunities to help people in other ways. And so we launched, you know, the, our mastermind, which we call the think tank. We launched our membership program, which is called the copywriter underground. And most recently the uh, copywriter Roundtable. We've had a couple of uh, other things that we've, we've tried out, you know, with the events, we've got event videos that are available for anybody who wants to purchase and watch them. Or even better, you know, the tickets if anybody ever wants to attend. So we've we've kind of all built this around what we saw happening in the community. And you know, you say the ecosystem's complete. Maybe, maybe it is. I mean, there's <laughs> certainly there's certainly other things that we can add and and kind of fatten out some of those offerings, so to speak. You know, to really strengthen them, make them even better. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was no grand plan. We've we in some ways 
I don't think we lucked into it. That would be understating what we wanted to do, but we let it develop kind of organically just because if it was the natural way to, to move and to grow. It's partly also thinking about what we enjoy, what excites us and considering that. So it's, that's a big part of the conversation at every point along the way. Um, but it's also thinking about as a copywriter, what do I want to be part of? How do I want to grow through my copywriting career? So looking at it from that perspective and taking a lot of frustrations that I've felt personally, as far as like where I can go to get mentoring, where I can go to get to learn. Um, and I've, a lot of my frustrations come out of, I always feel like I have to jump around. I'm jumping from like this coach to like a different coach to a different community. And I have all these different communities and all these different mentors and coaches. And that's not a bad thing, but I would love to just be able to follow a path and be involved in an ecosystem where I feel connected to the people and to the offerings in that space. And I can grow within that ecosystem. And I, I think that's kind of what we've ended up creating. And I know for me personally, it's creating it out of my own personal need because that's what I want. That's what I'm always looking for. And I have a hard time finding that in the business space that we're in. And then of course, we have to look at what do beyond my personal view, beyond what Rob and I enjoy creating, what do copywriters actually need? And so developing the first program, the accelerator to the current program, the Roundtable Mastermind, we developed all of them through asking and finding out what do they need? How can we create that? And sometimes we get it right and, and sometimes we don't get it right, but it's that ongoing conversation. So we're not just creating an, these offers that aren't actually helping anyone. Or wanted by anyone. Right. And that's that's kind of been the real advantage is that we almost know that there's going to be an audience for what we create because we've listened to people ask for exactly what they want. I'll just mark this as one of the ideas you should steal when you're listening to this. Go back a minute or two, note it up, do that when you're launching your own membership. <laughs> uh, but for you, Robin Kira, is is the irony completely lost on you, uh, Rob? You did a presentation about cults at the first IRL. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> is the irony lost on you? Uh, no, absolutely not. Like we, we it's funny. Uh, you know, when people actually got their got our logo tattooed on their forearms, their biceps. Uh, it, it's one of those things where, um, in some, I mean, it was fun. It was kind of, uh, intriguing, but in some ways it's also, um, it puts on a lot of pressure because when somebody loves something that much, you feel like you need to deliver. And, uh, I wouldn't describe the copywriter club as a cult, but I really like that there are people who feel so, um, so much a part of what we've been able to build and and Kira and I haven't built it alone. I mean, obviously the the community has really helped to build what is there and the and why it's such an awesome place to hang out. Um, and just knowing that people love it that much kind of puts a little bit more pressure on us to say, hey, what you what you bring to the table every day has got to matter and it's got to help people and you can't just phone it in. So uh, the irony is absolutely not lost on us. Uh, we're not exactly cult leaders, but uh, we we definitely appreciate how people feel about what we've been able to help build together. I, yeah, I don't think I'd be a great cult leader because I I I want to be alone. <laughs> I don't 
don't think I like being around people enough to be a cult leader. I wouldn't want them to follow me or hang out with me. I would just want to be alone in the forest. But I love how we're talking about tattoos and how these people got these tattoos at the event. And these people, I mean, Pear is one of those people. So we haven't actually said Pear got, you got your tattoo at the event. Uh, I feel like before we move on with the interview, we have to hear from you about what, the catalyst and, and why you got that tattoo. Well, that's sort of obvious to me, at least, but I'll explain it. Um, <laughs> as you say, the Copywriter Club has uh, outgrown just the two of you. It's a huge community and it's helped spark a lot of different things. Like to me, the logo is a symbol of all the friendships I've made the progress from being an in-house copywriter going out on my own and all of the, the teaching I've gone through. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a matter of community that I've never experienced anywhere else. So that's, that's it. And, and of course, it was sort of the pinnacle of that to go along with uh, two really nice ladies to get their, they, they opted for their smaller tattoos, but I'm a bigger guy. So I sort of had to have the bicep tattooed. Yeah, that's right. And it was a Jin Walker and Allison Smith, um, two other members in the think tank. Yeah, we videoed it and we can link to the video for anybody who yeah. wants to see that. Yeah. But when we shared that in the Facebook group right after the event, my brother-in-law actually emailed me and said, hey, congratulations, you've hit the pinnacle of marketing when people actually want to tattoo you know, your logo on on their bodies. You've, you've done something special because, uh, I mean, re really, this happens to very few companies. And like you said, um, Pear, when you were asking about the irony, it's absolutely not lost on us. Um, the thing that the Copywriter Club has come to represent for us, and at least for some of our listeners and the participants in our programs, uh, is is a pretty powerful thing. And we're just grateful to be a part of it. That's so cool. And and please don't worry about me. I know I seem some, some very crazy once in a while, but I'm not jumping off a cliff anytime <laughs> soon or drinking anything more harmful than monster energy. But going back to uh, one of my greatest takeaways uh, at IRL in San Diego was a pretty shocking experience, actually, seeing uh, parts of this awesome community uh, being all honest on an imp imposter complex panel. Uh, and hearing how some million dollar copywriters still feel like frauds made me think, when do the two of you experience imposter complex? I feel it all the time, every day. <laughs> so <laughs> all the time um, with, you know, I mean, mo but mostly it's when I'm trying something new. It's when we're, we're creating something new. I'm, I'm moving out of my comfort zone. Uh, so many of the things that we've done, like having this podcast, uh, running some of our programs, so many of those things feel not easy to me, but I feel com confident, comfortable. We've figured out what works, what doesn't work. But anytime there's something new, even if it's exciting to me, so like launching this high-level mastermind called The Roundtable, you know, if that's new and a little bit scary too, because what we're promising that group, what we want to deliver, the value we, we want to provide is really great. And it's it has to be valuable to those copywriters who are aspiring to make 500K or a million dollars or something, whatever their goals are um, at a different level. And so creating something like that, I have enough confidence and courage to do it. But yeah, of course, my imposter complex kicks in big time. 
taking copywriting projects, my copywriting or my imposter complex will kick in too. So um, it's frequent, but it's usually a good sign too. And I was thinking about it recently, how I feel like, okay, it's good that I'm feeling this way because it means that I am doing something new, trying something new. We're not, that excites me. I don't want to do the same thing every day in the copywriter club. I am more excited about growth and the vision and what else we could do than um, kind of getting into a, a routine that just doesn't fulfill me. So I think it's probably a good good thing that I'm feeling that imposter complex. Yeah, I think that's well said. Rob, this might feel like an awkward side hug to you, but you've got to do it. Well, I mean, I, I think Kira said it really well. You know, every time we've stepped up and we've done something different, you know, when we first had that that first event that we had in Manhattan, uh, that was a huge leap for, yeah. for me personally. I had yeah. never done an event. I've spoken at events before, but I'd never actually created one. And fortunately, Kira had some previous experience with that. But even with that, you know, we quickly realized that we were in over our head and we needed help. And fortunately, we we found some really good help uh, with Elaine, who we've interviewed on the podcast in the past. With each of the coaching calls that we would offer initially, you know, I had not really uh, done coaching before. I had managed employees and helped coach them in their careers, but it's a little bit different from, you know, coaching one-on-one or one-on-two with a copywriter who's struggling with something in their business. And so each time that we would do these things and and the list goes on and on, uh, yeah, there's a bit of an imposter complex that goes there. But also um, I'm okay, you know, realizing what I do know and what I have to share. And uh, I, you know, I can trust others to help where we need help, but um, there's, there's not really a, a choice. Like you have to step through that imposter complex if you're going to achieve something new or something different or something better. I imagine lawyers and accountants don't feel the same way because they always have diplomas to hang on their walls. Have you uh, thought about adding something to your courses uh, in that way so we don't have to just get tattoos to show off uh, how real we are? A certified copywriter license of uh, copywriter license or something like that. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure that we could add something like that to some of our programs. Uh, we have had badges that you know people have added to their websites when they've completed things like the accelerator or the think tank or being a member of the think tank. But um, honestly, I'm not sure that other than the fact that a license or a certification gives you permission to do the thing that you do, it's not really about the credential. It's about all of the things that you need to learn in order to get the credential. And so, so many of those things can be learned by copywriters just by doing the work. Uh, you know, you, you read a, a book or two about copywriting, maybe you take a course, but really it's in doing the work and trying things out and figuring out what you have to do to be persuasive or to grab attention, you know, to generate curiosity, all of, all of the things that we learn how to do, it, none of that really comes natural, at least not to most of us. And you've got to learn by doing. So having a license, I, the danger there is somebody gets the license and they don't actually know how to do the thing that the license says they can do. And so I'd almost rather just operate on reputation. And you know, we know who the great copywriters are. Uh, they get mentioned by a lot of different people. They get passed around, or at least their names get passed around you know, between clients who need great copywriters. And you know, if you work hard, you can join that you know, legion of super copywriters that's out there. I think the cool thing about the space we're in, in the online territory and building our own copywriting businesses is that you you don't really need those credentials. And if the people who are attracted to the space 
most often have rebelled against some sort of credential. I mean, I I don't aspire to attain all these credentials. That's not what I'm about. So I think it would feel it wouldn't feel aligned to me to create that credential when I don't really believe in credentials. I still I still will daydream about getting a PhD. Um, so it's not like I don't care at all. But in what we do as copywriters, I think Rob's right. It's like we know who the A-listers are. We know who the up-and-coming uh, copywriters are. It's about the results you get. It's about the value you're creating for your, your clients, your community members. And people talk and people know that. The testimonials are, in some ways, our credentials in the businesses that we run. And, and that can kind of separate the people who really have done the work uh, from the people who just aren't quite there yet. Yeah, I, so I, I suppose we'll have to suffice uh, with uh, going through the PhD of marketing, like Brian Kurtz refers to it. I know that before you came to this place uh, of of uh, having a complete uh, ecosystem, as I refer to it, you tried something different uh, to build upon the uh, the accelerator, and something didn't really work out. Can you? <laughs> Oh, you're talking about the Accelerator Plus, right? Yeah. Yeah, you were a member of that, <laughs> okay. if I remember right, Pear. Right? That's right. I, I was. This is not a complaint. No, no, no. This is good <laughs> to talk about because it, we, we did talk about it briefly on one episode, but when we had your Accelerator group back in 2017, right, uh, we fell in love. I mean, every time we run the Accelerator, we just kind of fall in love with all the copywriters in it, and we just want to keep hanging out with them. And so we finished that over three months. We wrapped it up and we just, the group connected. You all felt like this tight-knit community. We wanted to stay connected to you. And so a couple of you were asking for what's next. Like, what can we do next? What can we jump into? So there was definitely interest and, and some demand for the next program, but we didn't have anything ready to go. So Rob and I quickly put together like this plan for this next program that we called Accelerator Plus. And we just jumped in and had, I don't know, 10 people in it. And Rob, I'll let you tell the rest yeah, well, of the story. Yeah, I, I think that's that's all that's all the planning that we did. We knew we needed something, but we hadn't done the work that we had done, you know, when we started the accelerator to really understand what it was that people needed there. And so, you know, after about a month of meeting together, it was pretty clear to us that um, it wasn't working, something with it wasn't working. And it wasn't that the people were wrong because the, the people were great. It wasn't that we couldn't teach things. It was just that we really hadn't done the underlining work to figure out what it was that the Accelerator Plus should have been about. And so we made the decision to pull the plug. We refunded everybody's money and, and uh, you know, ended that and kind of learned from it, you know, that when we create something new, we really do need to make sure that we understand the foundation, what it's going to deliver, what the benefit is going to be, and that it's, we're not just reacting to a, a feeling like, oh, we, we all want to hang out together, you know, do things together. And so, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to restart some kind of an accelerator plus, but not until, uh, not until we can figure out what the actual benefit of, of that program would be. Yeah. And we also, I mean, part of that I remember was that we just didn't have a lot of extra time at that point. I was still working heavily with clients. Rob, you were, you were working with clients. We were planning our events. We didn't have a, as much of a team. Our team was very lean. So we were just both stretched. I think we could have figured out how to make that work. And 
um, how to make it work for everyone, except we just didn't have the bandwidth. So I think it's more of being realistic about what you can take on, which is not always easy. When is it really too much? When does it not make sense? And that was also before we had developed the membership, the underground membership, which has served as kind of the place you can move into after you run through the accelerator and you want additional support and you still want to stay connected to a community, you can now go into the underground. So we created something that we gave a lot more thought, but it wasn't, it didn't exist at the time. Cool. I, I must admit, I did cry a bit when you refunded us. <laughs> So, I'm so glad that you did launch. But weren't you kind of happy too? Were you just like, oh yeah, this isn't this isn't really going anywhere? That just showed me that you were proved to me that you were real. Being able to admit mistakes is awesome. Well, with the number of mistakes that I make, like if if we couldn't admit them, we'd be in serious trouble. So that's probably a good thing. <laughs> so. Was this the worst decision you did in in the Copywriter Club, or is there something else that we need to critch over now? <laughs> Good question. Hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it was the worst decision. I would, I wouldn't even call it a mistake. I would say that we learned from it. So, uh, we've we approach everything like an experiment. You know, we, we try things out, and if they work, we keep doing them, and if they don't work, we stop doing them and we do something else. So. I mean, you can, you can look at our social media presence, for example, you know, we, when we first started out, we posted a bunch of stuff into, uh, Instagram and we actually had somebody helping us with that for a little while, but, uh, we just didn't have a lot of traction. We didn't have a lot of followers. It wasn't the best use of our time. And so for a while, you know, we stopped and more recently we've come back to that because we've got more followers there. We've, you know, more uh, interactions and maybe there's a place where we can, make a positive change again. And so everything that we do is, again, it's it's an experiment. We're just trying stuff. If it doesn't work the way we had hoped, then we'll try something else. Cool. Rob, you mentioned that the something new is going to happen with the podcast. What's up? Where is it going? Yeah. So we are approaching episode 200. And I know a lot of people may be new to the podcast, so it may not you know feel uh, a little bit dusty, a little bit used, like it maybe feels to, to Kira and I. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a well-worn, well-loved podcast. And there are a few things that we uh, want to do to just change it up a little bit. We're not going to stop doing the great interviews, uh, you know, talking to copywriters to who share their learning, their skills, their path, and, you know, all the ideas that they come on and share. But we do want to change a couple things up. And one of the things that we're going to change is the intro and the outro music. So we've never really had anything that was ours. And we've asked the community of listeners uh, and people in, in the Copywriter Club, if they want to participate to you know submit a new intro or new outro uh, that we'll consider starting episode 200. We've posted some details about that in the Facebook group. The deadline may be passed by the time we post this episode or it may be within a, a couple of days. But yeah, we're interested in having somebody in the group maybe contribute uh, some music that can work for everybody. And then in addition to that, uh, we're just going to, we're going to maybe change the interviews just a little bit. It may not be real noticeable to anybody who's very new to the podcast, but listeners who've heard, you know, more than, more than a few dozen episodes may see just a little bit of change in the style of, of the interview that we bring. What else, Kara? I'm just expecting people to hate it because people tend to not like change. I don't 
like change. Um, but I think over time, you will start to warm up to the new format. Like Rob said, it won't be dramatically different, but um, we are excited about experimenting with podcasting. To me, like the podcasting format is just so rich. And while the interview style is really cool and we're going to integrate that and continue with it, um, we just want to play around and experiment a little bit more with sound and with audio and uh, integrating background clips and getting deeper, kind of going deeper into our guest story. And and so we're, we're getting creative with that, which is something that is really fun. It's kind of going back to what I was saying about like, this needs to be fun for us too. Otherwise, you know, we're just going to, what's the point, right? If we can create value for everyone else, but we're miserable, there's no point in doing this. So uh, we're both really drawn to production of podcasting and experimenting, even though it will take more effort. Um, Plus, we want to teach a little bit more too. So the new format will allow us to share a little bit more of what's going on and our insights because we have a lot we want to share and teach and we don't really have an opportunity to do that on the podcast as it exists right now. So we're kind of blending everything that we like about the podcasting space and what we enjoy into this new format. And it may be a little bit messy at first, but we're, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Kira mentioned that uh, it may take a little bit more work. So we're committed to trying this for at least 10 episodes. We'll uh, maybe reevaluate after about episode 210, see if it's too much work, uh, you know, but uh, hopefully it's something that resonates well with everybody who listens. And yeah, it's something that we want to continue to improve and do better and, and just, you know, lead the way when it comes to podcasts in this space. I think you should add like big name uh, sponsors to your podcast. I want to hear some uh, Mercedes ads targeted to copywriters. <laughs> Coke Zero. We should, we should have Coke Zero sponsor the podcast, something like that. We're, we're, we are interested in sponsorship. So if anyone listening has knows of a sponsor or wants to sponsor, we're open to those discussions. Excellent. Cool. So I was afraid for a second that you were going to say that you were not going to ask your guests anymore about the future of copywriting. <laughs> Kira and Rob, what does the future of copywriting look like? So when I think about the future of copywriting, here's some initial thoughts that hit me. Um, I just see copywriters, I've said this before, as the problem solvers, not only in marketing and in business, but in the world. Um, So I see more activism coming from copywriters who are frustrated with um, not only their industry and, and are providing services to help with those frustrations and to solve those problems, but uh, looking beyond their industry and looking at their local communities, looking at their governments and taking more proactive change to uh, to fix what's not working and to kind of take on more leadership role. I think the time for us to sit behind the laptop and be quiet and and hide, not that all of us have been doing that, but you know, it's a comfortable space in our copy cave. But more and more of us will be stepping into leadership roles and speaking, speaking on stage, hosting our podcast. I see more, more and more copywriters launching their podcast, um, speaking on other podcasts, uh, taking really kind of control of their own media em- empire, owning their media company, 
And um, so really building out the media side, uh, the authority, the marketing, and being way more visible in the work that we're doing. I also see us uh, being smarter about multiple creating multiple revenue streams. And so, yes, we can continue to serve clients, work with clients we're excited about, um, but creating other options too. So we never feel like we're, we're stuck or um, that if one area of our business dried up, we'd be in trouble, but being really smart about how we build out our business and our own extension model so that we have multiple offers that we can rely on as we grow. And then I just see more, more community, more connection as far as the community that we're all building. And each copywriter will choose their own and, and build their own, whether it's small or it's large, but providing more community support in the services that they provide and also creating their own communities, connecting communities worldwide um, around you know, their beliefs and, and viewpoints and uh, the topics they care about most. So I see this kind of web of just the copywriters all over the world really uh, connecting in a new way, especially when, when, when it feels like those doors are being shut outside of our arena. That's just some initial thoughts. That was a lot of initial thoughts. <laughs> 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 so cool. Um, well, if I can pitch in, I definitely do see some potential here because uh, I, I know a lot of us have been crazy busy for the past couple of months. Um, it doesn't look like uh, freelancing is going anywhere or copywriting indeed. Uh, copywriting businesses are going anywhere, especially not in a crisis situation. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that because I think the initial response, you know, as we all had to hunker down and COVID came online was, oh my gosh, you know, I'm losing my clients. And a few people have suffered, you know, losses of clients, but, uh, and particularly people who were writing, you know, in the travel industry for events, those kinds of things. But so many businesses need help navigating, you know, a crisis like this, that a lot of copywriters have been busier than ever. There's always opportunity, even when everything is going wrong. It just really comes down to our ability to figure out how can we serve our clients? What value can we bring to the table? You know, how can we help them solve a problem that they have? And if you can do those things, uh, you almost always will have work. Yeah. The cool part about what we've seen firsthand from copywriters in like the Think Tank Mastermind and the underground is that so many of them have stepped up and really turned on, you know, the marketing switch and are, are showing up, are sharing their viewpoints, are um, just way more visible than I think they would have been six months from now. And I think this, this crisis has, has forced many of us to take more control over our marketing system and our business so that we're less reliant on referrals because we know that moving forward is we we don't know what's going to happen. And so we can't just re rely on one stream of clients coming to us. We need to be more proactive. And so it's been really cool to see so many co copywriters be more proactive and um, figure out what that looks like for them rather than just seeing what comes to them. Rob, uh, I, I was thinking about now more than ever is the time to talk about crisis copy. Have you seen some examples of the best and worst copy, crisis copy 
Yeah, I've seen some. Well, we've we've all seen a lot of really bad crisis copy and voiceovers on TV and that kind of thing. But I actually stumbled across an ad. Uh, I was going to post it in the large copywriter club Facebook group to talk about. So by the time people listen to this, it's probably on a thread a couple of weeks ago uh, from uh, Southern Utah. It was in Outside Magazine, and it was uh, just, I, I can't remember the exact headline because I'm not looking at it, but uh, it's a woman sitting out on one of the rock formations in Southern Utah. You know, we have these awesome national parks down there and she's all alone. You know, you can, you can see hundreds of miles around her and she's uh, completely alone. And the headline was something along the lines of, you know, we've been socially isolating for years. Uh, we just call it, you know, getting outside or, or I, again, I'm butchering the headline. Um, but I, I remember seeing that in the magazine and first of all, really impressed with how quickly the ad agency and the tourist board got it out because magazine timelines for ads, you know, run four to eight weeks. And so, you know, they did some pretty quick thinking just to get it in there. But, uh, it was also just kind of a, a creative play, uh, you know, the imagery that was in the ad and, and playing off of the social isolation that we've all been through over the last two and a half months and, uh, you know, just, I, I saw that and thought, wow, that's a, that's a great ad and it's not the most clever. It, uh, may not even bring anybody to the national parks to check it out, but it was, uh, just a nice tie in to the headlines and to all of the things that we've been experiencing lately. So that's, that's one example that I've seen recently. Cool. So I don't know if, would you mind diving into how your own businesses are behaving, uh, in this time? <laughs> Mine is behaving very badly. Um, no, it's it's mine is under a renovation. So um, I slowed down in 2020 with client work and actually hit pause for the beginning of this year um, and told myself I probably wouldn't take on client work for the first six months of this year so I could focus on the copywriter club and building that, which to be honest, it feels like there's never enough time even to do what needs to be done to to maintain and build the copywriter club. Um, I'm really, especially considering I now I'm basically down a day of work because my kids are at home. So, um, but we'll see, like I have a sales call this week with a, a client who seems promising. So I'm still taking one-off projects, but I'm trying to be really deliberate about where my time is focused. And in the background, I'm working with my, my project manager, you know, VA, Janice to build, like, rebuild some of my offers and to make some background updates to my own business because I'm in a very different place as far as what I want to offer, how I want to show up compared to a couple of years ago when I launched my website. So a lot of the maintenance and a lot of the strategy that I have overlooked for the past few years while I've been heavily focused on the Copywriter Club, I'm going back in and spending you know the next year really focusing on building the foundation and doing all the right things that we teach so often, but we don't necessarily do um, to just tighten it up and be really clear about where I'm going in that business and where we're going in the, with the copywriter club. Yeah. My, my business is very similar in that I'm basically taking projects, you know, one at a time uh, spaced out with lots of time because so much of our focus is on creating content and creating uh, different support 
things for the programs that we're running in the copywriter club. And so, yeah, I'm still active. I'm still taking uh, clients, but they're few and far between. They really have to be projects that I'm excited about. I know that I can make a real difference for, you know, the, the client and create something that's unique and appealing to me. Cool. So one last question is, it's a very egotistical thing. Wow. Testicle. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> please keep that please keep ego, that in. ego testicle that i've got to use that for something that okay in. thank you very much i want to ask you when will irl be coming to europe oh oh you you don't know how badly you do know how badly we want to go to europe yeah we, we almost we're trying yeah we we were talking about doing it this year and uh obviously the travel bans have put a little bit of a uh, wrench in those plans. So, you know, soon, I guess is maybe the best we can promise soon. Yeah. I mean, we, there's an event I was speaking at in London. I don't know if it's happening. We were going to do some type of meetup in London. Um, we're, we were going to plan other meetups. So this it's, I mean, ironically, this was the year Rob and I were like, let's go global and like plan events around the world. And so whenever we can, we will just depends cool. on when we can. And it yeah. sounds like London will be the place? Not necessarily. We have a lot of copywriters in the club in the UK. And so it would make sense to, you know, start out there. Uh, That's easily the largest number of copywriters in the club in Europe. But there are other places too. You know, we'd love to be in, in Paris. You know, we were in Barcelona this past fall for a think tank meetup. That's obviously a much smaller group, but uh, yeah, there are definitely places where you know we could travel to, and there are plenty of people who have listened to us before who might want to come and and uh, participate in an event of some kind. And if we can't be more than ten people, I know a very nice summer house in the southern Denmark where we can we can meet up. Uh, but otherwise, I definitely. That sounds great. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> otherwise, I'll definitely vote for Southern Europe. All right. Well, we'll just wait to see when we can start traveling and we'll we'll make plans. It's, it's on the list for sure. Well, that's all I had. Uh, I know that... Well, hang on a second. There's this live update from Facebook. Turns out Kim Krause Schwalm wants to know if you would rather eat a pizza or a burger with her. <laughs> what? A pizza or a burger? Those are our options? Uh, no, no, no. Um, it So... Kim Krause Schwam asks uh, when you can hang out. Uh, she says all the rest is gravy. I'll hang out with Kim. I live close to Kim now, so whenever we can hang, I will. Kim, well, let's let's do it. The last time I hung out with Kim, she tried to get me to eat sugar. She was trying to force feed me desserts, and I kept <laughs> telling her, I'm, "I don't eat sugar. I'm not eating sugar." And uh, it took maybe 20 minutes before she finally accepted that. So as long as she's not going to try to get me to eat creme brulee or a root beer float again, I, uh, I'd hang out with Kim anyway. I'll come with you and eat all the sugar then. Um, Pear, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business, what type of you know services you offer, what you're building, who you work with? Oh, wow. You ask me all the time and I can't really seem to find the answer for that. <laughs> This is. <laughs> I should. This is. This feels like the moment you asked me impromptu to go on stage to talk about my tattoo. But um, yeah, know, sorry. Uh, 
Wow, I thought I was going to be the one to ask the questions here. So I have branded this the world's strongest copywriter because I love working with brands in the fitness industry. And I have been following it closely for the past two months uh, in particular because I know it's a very hard time for brands in the fitness industry um, and in Denmark especially where it looks like uh, gyms can't open before middle of August. It will mean a lot of bankruptcies and so on. So I'm doing my best to help them make it out of this coronavirus crisis. I started as a journalist uh, many years ago, and, and now I'm using that research experience that I built there uh, to help build brands in the fitness industry. I've I've also been teaching a lot of stuff, uh, running copy boot camps for like marketing people that want to do their own thing. So I love teaching, and uh, that's definitely something I want to do more of. Uh, right now, you can check me out at strongestcopy.com, but please don't opt into my email list because it's all in Danish uh, now. <laughs> that will change, though. So if, yeah, if we want to get better at Danish, opt into your list. If not, we'll wait for a little while until you come back and then opt in. Thank you very much. Thank you for interviewing us, Pear, and um, thank you for being such a big part of our community and part of Think Tank and the Accelerator and at our events too. It's always good to see you in real life. It was a pleasure. You too. You've been listening to the Copywriter Club podcast with Kira Hug and Rob Marsh. Music for the show is a clip from Gravity by Whitest Boy Alive, available in iTunes. If you like what you've heard, you can help us spread the word by subscribing in iTunes and by leaving a review. For show notes, a full transcript, and links to our free Facebook community, visit thecopywriterclub.com. We'll see you next episode. Mm-hmm.